All right. BradCooney.com would like to welcome to the show singer-songwriter Miss Lynn Davis. What is up, Lynn? Thank you for having me, Brad. I appreciate it. I am. It's a pleasure. I'm, I'm honored to have you on board. I read a lot about you. You have a really, a really interesting, rich, and successful resume. I mean, you you sang was with some legends and, and been in this in this business for a minute. Um, so tell my listeners a little bit about you, because I read up on you, but my listeners haven't. Um, tell them about you, a little bit how you got into the music scene, how long ago, and just kind of like bring us up to speed, and then we'll get into your, your current project. Well, I uh, came into the music business at about 17 and a half um, through George Duke. Um, who's a wonderful uh, jazz uh, musician. Mm -hmm. He was my mentor for many years. I was part of the George Duke Band. And then I started working with Patrice Russian, uh, writing songs for her, um, some of the popular songs that I wrote with her. And then I became a studio uh, vocalist uh, with everyone. I went on, the, on tour with Stevie Wonder, Martin Gaye, you know, I've uh, worked with, you know, from uh, Mariah Carey to Michael Jackson to Celine Dion. You know, it's just been a wonderful, magical life. Wow. So, so let's let's rewind because I do. I'm going to touch base on some of those legends you just you just rattled off. I was going to make a joke and say, well, can you tell us somebody who maybe we might have heard of? But that that, <laughs> that would have been pretty stupid. Um, <laughs> Um, let's rewind back and go go back a little further. Like like, did you always love, love to sing as a little girl? And then, what about in school? Like, were you in theater or music? Like in school, talent shows, things like that. Oh yeah, um, definitely. Uh, in theater in high school, I was brought up in church. My grandfather was a minister, right. a pastor of his own church. So um, I sang in church since I was five years old, and my parents. My dad was a classical singer, and um, between my dad and my sister bringing home all of music, I used to learn all of his pieces in different languages and stuff, and oh, wow. church, a big influence, you know, the gospel influence. And uh, we used to go around, I think like when I became a teenager, auditioning for different things, just for practice and for fun. We used to go, oh, let's go turn this out. Mm -hmm. <laughs> And we, I knew I was too young to get a lot of the things that I was auditioning for, but it was it was good preparation, you know. I yeah. learned a lot, and it, it builds your confidence to put yourself in potentially, you know, a yes or no denial or acceptance uh, scenarios, you know. Mm -hmm. And um, I, I guess I always knew that this would be my path. My parents did as well. I went to USC. I participated in music, and um, Steven Spielberg and I went there about the same time. Oh, so. wow. Wow. That's cool. Do you remember seeing him in the hallways or anything? Did you see him? I, I, we took one class together. It oh, was a cool. computer class. Yeah, that's I awesome. I think he was going to be as um, popular, but he was, uh, I do remember him, you know? Wow. Yeah. And it's just so fun to see all the people that I went to college with and stuff, you know, doing what we intended to do back in those days, musically yeah. or in the entertainment field, whatever field that we were in within that field, you know. Yeah. 
Yeah. You know, I'll, I'll, I'm going to share, share a quick story with you. This is, such a, this is such a fun story. It won't take long. So I was on a plane one time from Houston. I was, fly, I was actually on, on my way to L.A., so I had to get a, a connector in Houston. And uh-huh. so when we landed in Houston, we had some passengers that got off, and then we, we took on some new passengers. Well, there was about five college-age students that came on, and then I was in an aisle seat, and the, so the middle seat and the window seat was, was available because of, the, because of the people that were sitting there got off. So this young African-American, I call him a kid, he was about 20, 21 maybe, sat right next right. to me in the middle, and then a, a, another person sat to his left at the window. And then three others that were with, his, with him sat right across from me, across the aisle on the other side of the plane. And so me and this young black kid, we started talking. And you know how you know how it is on a plane, just small talk and just like, hey, where are you heading? And so I asked him, what do you what do you you know what do you what do you do? What do you what are you heading to California for? And he says, well, I'm an NYU student, and we're in theater, and we have this we have a comedy act called Derek Comedy, and I actually wrote a script for a film, and we're going to go out there and pitch it. We have an appointment, and I was like, wow, that's cool. So we were talking about that for a little bit. Long story short, we land in LAX. I shake his hand, um, of course, we introduce ourselves, but I shook his hand, wished him luck, and that was it, right? So I went about my business, I never saw him again. I came back to Mississippi, and like several years later, I can't remember how many years exactly, but I was in the theater with this girl I was dating at the time, we were watching this movie called The Lazarus Effect, and I'm watching it, and I see this African-American younger guy, and I'm like, where do I know that guy? And I'm like... So I, I couldn't yeah. even pay attention to the rest of the film because I was like, where do I know him? Where do I know him? What? And my, this girl I was dating, she was like, what is wrong with you? I was like, this driving me crazy. I said, when this film's over with, we're not going anywhere. I'm waiting to see the credits that go up the screen because i got to figure out who this, who this dude is. Because this was like four or five years after the plane, the plane ride, right? So sure yeah. enough, the, 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 the credits come up, and I see the name. I'm like, oh, my God, Donald Glover. What? It was Donald Glover. Wow! Isn't that amazing? And I yeah. man, I was so happy. I was so happy. I was like, the kid made it. He, he, he was just a student, and he was out there pitching his first thing. He was with Derek Comedy, an improv comedy act, and he went out there and look what he is now. I was like, oh my god! And that was even bigger. He's even so- huge. Yeah. So anyway. <laughs> of those stories. I, I saw the um, Jackson 5 when I was a little girl. They were little too, of course, you know, because oh. they're all kind of like the same age. And it was in Vegas. I was in Vegas with my parents. And uh, my best friend's father was their bodyguard. Uh, oh, wow. Frank. So he saw me and he said, oh, hi, man. How you doing? He says, you want to meet the Jacksons? I was like, yeah, I want to meet the Jacksons. And I remember them coming up to me, Michael and Marlon. They were so nice. Oh, man. And I said, I said, I'm going to sing with you one day. And so when we were in the studio at Tito's house doing uh, 2300 Jackson Street, uh, you know, I just had a moment where I just got teary-eyed because Aww. I was ooh, I said this years ago. You know, I didn't say anything to them about it. I love stories you know, like that. I think they remembered me because there were so many people I'm sure that they met. Oh, my now. God, yeah. But, um, yeah, it's it's really interesting how, you know, that happens. When you, I, I just think that it's um, preordained, you know, and mm-hmm. it's up to us whether or not we we push forward. Yeah. Know, we go for it. 
Okay, I, I gotta, I gotta. Let's do one more quick story. Then we get right back on your stuff because you brought up the Jackson. So I can't pass this up. You brought up the Jackson Five. I was at a Bass Pro Shop store. It's a big, it's a big uh, like outdoor camping and, and hunting, fishing kind of store. And I got there was this, there was this older African American guy. He was sitting on a bench, and I said, "You look like." You look like you're waiting for your wife. And he started laughing. He goes, yep, I'm waiting on my wife. And he was about, and he was, and he was in his 80s, okay? So, so yeah, he was in his 80s. He was in great shape. And and we just started talking, and he said he was waiting for his wife. And um, so we just started talking. And, we, and, we, and this is in Mississippi, so we started talking about music. And, the, you know, because Mississippi, I mean, we got some legends out of this state, I tell you. And, um and so his wife finally comes up and she has some stuff she's going to pay for. So she goes to the register and um, she's paying for it. And he says, uh, he, he said to me, you know, that's my wife and she's a uh, retired school teacher. And I'm like, really? He's like, yeah. He's like, we're from Indiana. And she used to teach some of the Jacksons. Jermaine Jackson was one of her students. And I was you have got to be kidding me. And sure enough, man, she, she finished checking out, and then she came over to where her husband was. And I said, what's this I hear about you? You used to teach some of the Jacksons? She said, oh, I sure did. Jermaine, Tito, they were my students. I was like, wow. They were from Gary, Indiana, this, this whole couple. I was like, amazing. You know, if you don't say hi to somebody, sometimes you miss out on that story, you know? You never know what they sat on. Yeah. Exactly. I got one story for you. Yeah, let's do it. Yep. This one is good. I was at the beach. Uh, Santa Monica. Yeah. And it was just one of those days where I just wanted to walk out to the sand and water. Yeah, yeah. There was this, uh, Latino guy and he was really nice. He was very friendly and I'm always talking to everybody, right? And so he says, I'm going to be the next heavyweight champion in the world. And I was like, what? Uh -oh. So did Oscar De La Hoya. And I was like, oh. So I was like, no, he didn't. Yes, he did. <laughs> yeah, actually, Oscar De La Hoya. I'm a former I'm a former boxing journalist, so De La Hoya was one of the greatest of his weight division that ever lived. Hall Absolutely. of Famer, Hall of Famer. Absolutely. Also, a very nice guy. I met him a few times. Yeah. Really nice guy. Yeah. Wow, that's yeah. so cool. Yeah. You're about the third person I've told that story to. I think those moments are so so divine, so spiritual. They I, are. I was just to you know be a part of that moment of you know him having that type of undeniable unshakable faith yeah and see it through well he know? was very confident i mean his, his boxing skills were were just yeah he was so good <laughs> he was so good okay so let's talk about this single you have called can i come over I, and i really enjoyed our story that was fun um, but the song is terrific, and this is your, this is your, um, amazingly, as long as you've been in the business, this is your debut solo, um, yes. solo music, which is really, really interesting to me. So talk about the song, give me the backstory, um, and just touch on a little bit about branching off and going solo, finally. Well, I decided that, um, this was the perfect time because I could have so much uh, more control than in the past artistically. Mm -hmm. Yes. And uh, I didn't have to sign my life away. <laughs> mm -hmm. You know, one of those very um, uh, all-consuming record deals, you know. Um, and with the climate that it is now with um, 
the advent of the internet and stuff, it's perfect. So I um, established my own record company, Bella Records, mm -hmm. and I wrote the song with two wonderful guys. You know, they're my brothers from other mothers, you know. Yeah. Um, Dennis Mikoski and Matthew Wilder, who are very accomplished writers, musicians, producers. And um, we decided that, shoot, let's put these songs out. Let's honor the songs. Want to honor my gift? And actually, I, I am so. Um, I feel such a responsibility to do quality R and B classic soul music. Mm -hmm. I'm missing that on the radio, Brad. When I turn it on, you yeah. Know? And um, I'm hoping that it will inspire other people to begin to write those real old-school type of songs and joints and, you know, bless everybody's ears with that. You know, it's really weird how music phases in and phases out. Yeah. Like, I remember, like, like, I mean, like, like, let's take the rock genre. You had, like, of course, the 60s, it was the hippie in the 60s and the peace and love music. Same thing with the 70s, yeah. but then the 80s, the hair bands came in, like the rock bands with their hair all teased and, and the hair sprayed out little makeup, that kind of stuff. Then the grunge scene came in, the Pearl Jams and the Nirvanas and that Seattle West Coast grunge thing. And it's just weird how music will just like, it just, it kind of has this little errors and then it just goes away. And you make a good point. I, I'm, a, I'm an R&B fan too. And I love, I love the R. Luther Vandross is one of my favorite ever. Um, and you just don't see many new like new R&B artists that are really like emerging out there. It's weird. No. It's weird. It's, it's just great music. Yeah, it is. I think that there's some uh, artists that are out there like now, uh, like Bruno Mars, that, oh, yeah. you know, really have an appreciation for real music and presentation. I love him. And, He's one of my um, favorites. I think we need, there, there's a gap, there's, you know, we grew up, I grew up in a time where we had such great examples, you know, of um, R&B and soul music, Motown, Stevie Wonder, Donny Hathaway, you know, Donna Ross, Aretha, you know, it was just a beautiful time, all the doo-wop groups and stuff, who yeah. these kids have to listen to and emulate, and I think some of them are reaching back for us, so I'm reaching out to them and saying, hey, we're here, here it is. This is what you should be doing right now. <laughs> yeah. It's a great. Or maybe, maybe you can bridge the gap or, be, or play a part in bridging that gap again. It's funny. If you ever go on YouTube and watch these reaction videos, do you ever watch those? Mm -hmm. No, I haven't. Okay, you need to do that because like, there's these. it's a real big thing now. People have YouTube channels and they have hundreds uh -huh. of thousands of subscribers, some of these reactors. And basically, it's just, you're just looking at the video of an old 70s or 80s song or whatever, and it's these teenagers, sometimes they're in their 20s, and they're, and they're watching these bands and these performers and these singers for the first time in their lives, and then they react, they react to the video of the song they're, they're watching. And it's crazy because I'll see all, all different types of these younger folks. I mean, it doesn't matter, black, white, it doesn't matter. And what's, what's really cool is you'll have some younger black kids and they'll be watching like 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 music from like the 70s and 80s and some of it's R&B, some of them is rock. But it's amazing the reactions because they've never heard of these songs. But somebody like me and you, because I'm in my 50s now, I'm not sure how old you are, but 
to us, it's like these these bands are legends. I mean, we grew up listening to them, and to them, this is their first time reacting to it. And that's the thing; these reaction videos, they had this when you're seeing them react. It's the first time they've heard or 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 seen the video or whatever. But it's amazing how much they enjoy that music, but they just weren't alive when it was out. Oh, that's great. I think I'm going to check that out. But uh, I, I have met some children that did not know Earth, Wind, and Fire. And I was like, you really? <laughs> exactly. You know, you haven't heard what? And, yeah. and when I played some of the songs, they were like, oh, yeah, I've heard that song. I said, well, that's Earth, Wind, and Fire. Right. You know, there's some people like... Earth and Fire, Shaka Khan, they've revolutionized, you know, exactly. that of music and presentation back in the day, you know? I saw a reaction video just the other day. It was, it was they were probably 19 or 20 years old, and mm -hmm. it was first time, the, the title was First Time Hearing Tupac. Wow. And then I saw another one, First Time Hearing Eminem. Oh my God. I know, and it's, it, but it's so fun to watch. Because their jaws are like, like their jaws open up. They're like, oh my! They're like, they're blown away by how good it is, you know. But they never heard it because they're just so young and it just phased out before their time, before they grew up. You know, it's crazy. Um, all right, so we brought up, you brought up Stevie Wonder, and that caught my attention when I was reading up on you. Um, okay. You actually got to tour and actually sing a duet with him. Well, I guess it was just one song during his his set. Is that how that works? Yes, it was a song on the Woman in Red album um, called It's You. And oh we recorded God. that album while out on tour with him in Europe. We did uh, all the background vocals and stuff in between doing shows. And, um, How nervous so were you? Was, How nervous was, were you first time you had to sing true. with him? He was such a gracious, wonderful yeah. uh, person as well. Very supportive and encouraging. Um, he sent me to Seth Riggs for vocal lessons, paid for it. Wow. You know, you don't see many Stevie Wonders in the business, you know. He's in a class all by himself. All by himself. Yes. I mean, he, he, he just like, <laughs> he's a very definition of legend. Um, yes. Were you nervous your first time? Tell the truth. First time on stage in a, at a concert with him, were you nervous singing with him at all? No. Good for you. I met Stevie Wonder um, while I was rehearsing for a tour that I was about to do with Patricia Russian and in a, a rehearsal studio. And I walked up to him and I said, I'm Len Davis and I, I'd like to sing for you. And I did. I sang the Stunning Hathaway song for All We Know. Wow. Then uh, I saw him again at the memorial services for um, Marvin Gaye. And wow. he asked me. Europe with him and do the hotter in July tour, and two days later I was gone. Unbelievable! So if there's great, like living my dream, you know, dreamt of. I want to sing with Stevie, and I want to sing with. Uh, oh, there's Kyle people with dream of that. I actually, you know, did get to sing with so many of the people that I just dreamt of singing with as a little girl. You know, absolute blessing. It's been so good. When you think back over your career, mm -hmm. what do you think is one of the most memorable highlights? Oh my goodness, that's too hard. Well, just give me a couple, because I know there's, you've been around for doing it for so long. So give me like one or two that you just, you just, you just cherish, that you really cherish that highlight. Definitely, definitely singing uh, the duet with Steve. Oh yeah, yeah. Um, 
uh, in Greece at the Parthenon with Yanni. Oh my God, Yanni! Look, when I was in the Navy, when I was in the Navy back in 1984, we got deployed. I got deployed over to the Middle East, and we actually went to Greece too. Uh, but Yanni, that was my first experience listening to Yanni. It was back back in about '86, and oh, okay. was blown away by how good he is. So you actually sang with him. Well, if you ever saw the Aquapolis video, um, myself and another lady, um, darling Kolenhoven, we actually did that video with Yanni in oh, um, Greece at the Parthenon. And there was just something so spiritual and so beautiful about Greece, you know, and yeah. that particular venue. Um, it was quite memorable. Um, That's great. What a memory. Really want memories, you know, just traveling and going to places that you dreamt of. And, you know, I brought mom out with me um, while I was with Stevie. That was very memorable for me. Um, <laughs> but I think everything was, there's so many special moments singing with Barbara Streisand. Um, wow. My goodness, I there's just so many moments with Luther. You know, in the studio, um, <laughs> there's too many to even think of. You know, it's just uh, pretty amazing. amazing. You know, um, being in Michael Jackson's house and going, I'm in Michael Jackson's house. What yeah. <laughs> <laughs> a surreal moment that is! Wow. You know what I mean? Or Mick Jagger. It's just there's too many moments and. Um, to to just name a few wouldn't do justice to all of them. They're just all equally as um, special to me. Um, yeah. I just am so grateful to have this opportunity now to step out as a solo artist and express um, in this way. You know. And I'm guessing that now that you're doing solo stuff, I mean, this is some. It's just a plethora of experience you bring. It must bode so well for you. I mean, you've, you've, I mean, it's really, it's, 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 it's an amazing problem to have when somebody asks you to name some highlights and you have to struggle to come up. Okay, which one was better? Was it Barbara Streisand or was it? You know, you're throwing these like absolute iconic names that you're like trying to figure out. That's not a bad problem to have, man. <laughs> I guess not. <laughs> oh my God, that's awesome. Having so much fun um, being on this side, not, you know, usually I've been a supportive element yeah. to actually be representing, you know, your sound, your music, you know, your vision, and every aspect of it um, is uh, just so wonderful. I'm having a blast. And so, I'm so glad that the people have decided that they love the song. Yeah. I, I, I'm so grateful for that. I love it myself. Um, I think it's, I, I think it's a great song. Oh yeah, I listened to it. I I think at least four times. And I'll, I'll always listen to one song when I do an interview with somebody. I'll listen to it, you know, the, the first time for sure because I want to I want to you know analyze it and listen to it. And right. if I really like it, I'll play it again because I go from the first time I go from somebody who's just being analytical about it because as a podcast host I have to like you know talk about songs. Yeah. And then if I get to it a second time, means I, that means I'm listening to it because I liked it. You know what I mean? So I'm enjoying it. And if I get to it a third time, that means as I'm, as I'm like 
the developing the questions for this interview, I just got your song jamming in the background. My foot's happening. You know what I'm saying? So that's now. So now I'm gelling with it. Yeah. So I definitely felt it. Yeah. It was, it's a really good song. Um, now, this song is the first single, but it's off of a record you're, you're intending to drop in 2023, a full record. Yes. Talk about that. Lynn Davis from The Vault. Yep. And I'm going to drop that at the beginning of next year. And there'll be some more videos to accompany it. And um, it, it's, uh, it's just wonderful, this entire process, you know, being able to... Um, create, you know, storylines for your video and, and to see the vision come um, to fruition. And I've been blessed to really have a great director, Skeeter Jones, and I have such a small group, uh, but a powerful group of inner circle people who are so supportive. And, um, you know, it's just been great, Brad. I'm just really having a good time. And the title, Lynn Davis from the Vault, um, tell me about the title. Lynn Davis from the Vault. Um, it's sort of significant of these songs that I have written and hadn't done anything with, and we uh, uh, developed them and finally put them out. You know? Yep. So let's go record this. Let's go ahead and record that. Hey, we should record this. Yeah. This is. <laughs> yeah, that's awesome. And, and, and do you enjoy the video process? So that's one thing I'm really happy about. Because growing up in the seventies and the eighties, videos was big. Remember, MTV was—I mean, that was the thing. Um, and I love to watch videos, and it's really videos are coming back strong. There's a lot more people doing videos now. Yes, I'm glad to see that. I'm glad to see that because it kind of got weird for a minute for me, you know. Yeah. There's those people that always have, you know, the incredible videos. But I really want to. Um, you know, continue to uh, put music out that talks about love mm -hmm. and romance and, you know, where's the love, you know? Yeah. Uh, more of that, some more, you know, Luther's gone, you know, yeah. the crooners and, you know, sometimes you just need some, um, some BRS specials, you know? <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. You know, you mentioned Bruno Mars earlier. He's one of my favorite performers and I call him a performer because he's not just a singer um, he's also a brilliant instrument he plays instruments I mean he's really a guitar player he's a shredder on guitar I mean that dude can play man and and he's his it's stage performance his stage performance too I mean the I'm, dude, his, his, I'm one of his biggest supporters and fans yep. when I see his presentation I am yelling like on the couch going represent Bruno yes yeah. that's how it was done he, yeah. does, he, under, he gets it. He gets it. He does get it. And, and there's, for me, there's something to be said for a performer who can sing, he can move, he, he's a yeah. brilliant uh, musician, he can, play, he can play multiple instruments, uh, percussions, yes. guitar. That is the, what you call a true artist. Um, he's just a performer. Unbelievable. <laughs> And, I, and I've got songs that he would really love. So. There you go. Hey, man, you never know. You never know. You might hear this podcast. Uh, matter of fact, when I put this on Twitter, the link, I'm going to tag him. Ooh, tag him, please. I'm going to. I'm going to tag him. You never know. You never know. Um, 
I'm going to say, hey, Bruno, get smart like Stevie Wonder did and, and bring this girl on for some projects. Huh? Uh, How's that for a hook line right there? <laughs> <laughs> Absolutely. Um, all right, so we talked about the single. We talked about the upcoming record. Now, another thing, you're just like, I could write a, I could write a book about you. I could just do that. I mean, because you're, you're such an interesting person with a really interesting life. Um, you're busy, man. Like, you wrote a book, and you want to do a Christmas album. Um, I, I mean, what else is Lynn Davis up to? That's, that's what I should write the title for. Like, what is what else is yeah, Lynn Davis up to? I remixed a new book. Um, it's called Above Circumstance. I've just been so, so crazy busy. I'm hoping that we'll get the Christmas join out. Um, but most importantly, um, you know, we're into what's going on right now. That is, can I come over and getting the rest of the songs ready for a uh, Lynn Davis from the vault. But the book will definitely be up before the end of the year. Do you plan on dropping, like, what is your timeline to drop more singles? Are you going to drop any more singles before the record? Other than can, can I Come Over, or are you just going to promote Can I Come Over until the record drops? We're going to promote Can I Come Over until the record drops, because this is like approaching the Christmas season, yeah. and, you know, that's the vibe for that season, you know? Yep. And uh, everybody kind of shuts down and does the whole, you know, Christmas thing and family thing, so... Yeah. We're going to come back uh, strong and... Um, Towards the first of the year. Have you said, can I come over? the other songs, we're going to release them as an album. Have you had an opportunity to sing, can I come over live at all yet? Or is that, still, is that down the road a piece still? No, it's only been out like 12, 13 days. Yeah, that's true. That's <laughs> so true. Um, we're, we're projecting that when the album comes out, then I'd be... Um, I'd, I'd be interested in then doing some touring and some... Live shows, absolutely. That's exciting. That's <laughs> exciting. Um, man, where do I go next with you? I mean, really, you're one of the more interesting guests I've had in a long time. I mean, your oh, resume. Yeah. Well, your resume is really, really strong. <laughs> I mean, Thank like you. you, things Thank you've you. done are like dreams for a lot of people to, to do what you've done in music. It's just really impressive. It really is. There's dreams that I have. I really like to. Uh, do some um, writing for television and you know I just have some personal stuff that I'd like to do yeah uh, God's given us all these gifts and we should honor them by using them you know I agree and uh, that's where it is for me I'm not trying to be a you know a, a star or anything like that or you know I just want to honor my gifts release great music and uh, express myself through, you know, the, the avenues that God has given me to do so. And um, that way I honor, you know? Yeah, for sure. So I was going to ask you, like, what are some of your goals for 2023? I and mean, obviously it's the record. You're gonna, you want you want to drop that record. Um, is there anything else you want to get done? Like, where do you want you, where do you want to be with your solo career a year from now? A year from now, um, I'm hoping that after we drop, uh, Lynn Davis from the vault, that we'll work on, uh, our next project. And, um, 
Who knows? Uh, I really, I really am where I am with this project right now. I've projected, I, I've already started another book in, into, in, the, in addition to the one that I've already written. Um, and, uh, I have contemplated doing uh, a contemporary Christian record that's really on my heart to do at some time. But we'll just see, you know, what God has planned and how it goes. Awesome. Like, like to travel and do some live performances. I miss singing live. Yeah. That would be great. I've never been able to do that as a solo artist, so I'm so looking forward to that. Now, when you do start doing live shows, will you will you also have back like backup singers? Are you going to go that way, or are you going to be more of a just you singer? Like how much? How many people you want behind you on stage? Ooh, you know, I love vocals, so yeah. I can't sing on without vocalists. Right. Background. And um, I just need a few of my friends that I know. And, uh, you know, <laughs> drums, guitar, bass, keyboards, we're good. Why do I have a feeling you have a couple good contacts <laughs> in your Rolodex? Uh-huh. I said, why do I have a feeling you have a couple good contacts you can you can look up in your Rolodex? <laughs> <laughs> I think you got one or two people that you might can conjure up to help you out a little bit with that. Yeah, just a couple. <laughs> okay, last question I got for you, and then before we wrap up, I'll let you tell everybody where they can follow you and get your music. Um, but this is a this is a question that I don't ask everybody, but I like to ask singer songwriters this question, and I have to be transparent with you. I stole this question from somebody. Well, kind of stole it. Um, a lot of times when I have a podcast coming up, I'll, I'll go to my Facebook or social media and I'll and I'll announce, all right, I'm bringing in this person tonight. Anybody have a question for him? And then this girl named Tammy had a question. This this is like a couple years ago, and I love this question, so I don't ask it to everybody. So the question is, and you have only I'm going to give you two options on this question, and you can only pick one. Okay, that's the rules. Okay. Okay, what do you prefer more? Do you prefer creating a song, or do you prefer more performing the song once it's created? Well, That's a good one, isn't it? <laughs> yeah, that's really good. Uh, <laughs> performing it is created. You know, and breathing like the creation after it's it's uh, created, yeah, that that would be my answer. I, I say it and say it, well, say it again because the phone kind of broke up. Actually, breathing life into the creation, like performing it, that ah. performing it means to me like interpreting the vision and breathing life into it yeah. and putting it up there. That would have to be my choice. It's yeah. a great yeah. choice. And there's re- what, one of the things I love about that question is there's really no wrong answer. There's no wrong answer to that question. Um, right. Each no. person I ask exactly. is a different, you know, has a different look at it. Um, I asked that same question. I had a I had a husband and wife duo on my show one time. They're married, but they also perform together on stage. And they they say they're they were they're more of a folk folk style music. And I asked mm-hmm. that question to them. It was funny because the wife said creating and the husband said performing. Um, and so, like, all of a sudden they started debating. And so I, I just kind of, like, like pushed away from the table and listened to them for, like, five minutes, go back and forth about 
why she likes the creation part and why he likes the performing part. I thought it was pretty funny. Like this, it was it was interesting how they batted that around. So I can see how both are they're equally as important. You know, there's no one is not more important than the That's other. Correct. That's but correct. Me, I, I think you know I'm always creating and always writing ideas down and always having a visions of something. But when you actually breathe in it, you know, breathe it into life and perform it and put it, start tracking it and singing it, oh, there's nothing like that. Yeah, awesome. It, it just becomes so real then, you know? Yep. Yeah, and, and it's in a form that other people, other than yourself, can appreciate it. Yeah. Uh, that's, uh, yeah. That's a great answer. It really is. Well, Lynn Davis, this concludes yes. the interview, and I really, really enjoyed talking to you. Um, so talented. My gosh, you should have done this solo thing a long time ago, girl. Uh, well, you know, I think sometimes that God uh, really preserved my way. And, yeah, true. Uh, you know, protected me, because I'm not the kind of soul that could have dealt with a lot of compromise and a lot of political yeah. mumbo-jumbo. You know, I'm an artist. I'm a true artist. And I'm just interested in doing my art. That's awesome. Mm -hmm. That is. It's great. Um, I'm glad you, you're you on this path, and I wish you nothing but the best of luck with it. Tell everybody out there listening where they can follow you on social media, if you have a website you want to get out there, anything like that. The mic is yours. Oh, please follow me on our YouTube and Lynn Davis um, YouTube channel or www.lindavismusic.com is my website. You can keep to date uh, the upcoming book and be able to purchase on that, on, uh, that uh, website soon, as well as the songs. I'm on every digital platform, Spotify, um, uh, iTunes, Apple, Amazon. We just teamed uh, it on the UK chart on Amazon at number 15. Today. Nice. So excited about that. Congrats. And uh, Instagram, Lynn Davis Music, and my artist page on Facebook is Lynn Davis. And, tw and something new that I just started was my TikTok page, Lynn Davis, <laughs> um, the number one. And I am on Twitter as well. TikTok, I have TikTok too, and it's. it's um, my nieces made me get on TikTok. I must confess. Look, TikTok. I tell you, TikTok. Will, you will see the absolute worst in humanity, and you also see the absolute most beautiful in humanity. And I'm like, you guys, it's too many videos. You know, they're like, oh, you can do it on TV. <laughs> oh man! All right. Well, look, man. Um, Is that enough? It's <laughs> <laughs> I enjoyed speaking with you. I wish you the best of luck. And whenever you got some new stuff, you come on back anytime, okay? Okay. Thank you for having me. Have a good night. Thanks, Lynn. Uh, night, night.